Movie Marks. Hey, Sacco. I'm a little confused about today's movie, so I'm going to need you to clear this up for me. Okay. I'll try. All right. 90 minutes of this movie, and I keep hearing somebody say, co-mater, co-mater, co-mater. And at no point did I see a talking tow truck or Larry the Cable Guy in the credits. So did I watch the wrong movie? Uh, no, but you might have to go get your ears checked. Oh. Well, we're the movie marks, and today we're grappling with Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, starring Governor Jesse the Body Ventura. Welcome to the Movie Marks, the podcast where we discuss movies starring professional wrestlers who act like amateurs. I'm Chris Sacco, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the Pitbull number two to my Pitbull number one, Chris Kramer. I appreciate that reference. You're, you're not one for making ECW references, so I'm really feeling that one. Yeah, I try, I try and uh, mix them in. I would be lying if I told you I had a clear understanding of which one was which. <laughs> Uh, I will never forget the classic, and I'm going to tell you the same thing. I don't remember which one's which, but let's never forget that Shane Douglas attacked the one in the Halo, which was a big heel thing in ECW. <laughs> I just uh, I just watched Barely Legal not long ago, and uh, Douglas, and I think it was number two, had the uh, sort of blow off for that feud where the other guy was injured in the crowd, and Heyman gave them 21 minutes on the first pay-per-view ever, and it is... The worst match of all time. <laughs> so um, before I start telling you about the um, fun fun fest that is Abraxas. <laughs> You're not going to go with the full title? <laughs> not not right now. I'll mix it in throughout okay. the show. Um, we have more listener feedback, still without a cool name for the segment. <laughs> uh, Jason from Chicago wrote in to say that his favorite part of the show is the ending. So... That could be read a few ways. Either he likes when the show is over, or he likes something we do at the ending. I don't know how to read it. Uh, I'm going to take that as a positive, but also I have a lot of heat with Chicago, so <laughs> fuck Chicago. <laughs> well, that's not going to help your heat situation <laughs> with Chicago. Um, all right, so I picked this week's movie. It was Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. Thank you. Sure. Um, it is a 1990 film that saw a limited release theatrically in 1991. In fact, the only thing I could see it being released was in Toronto. I don't know if it appeared anywhere else in the world. <laughs> but that's when its theatrical release was. I would have loved to have been at that. Uh, I hope that was like the the gala, like everyone was there. All of the stars <laughs> of the film. <laughs> Our movie opens... With a voiceover, which as we know from this podcast, voiceover randomly placed in movies is a lazy storytelling technique. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, this movie has a whole bunch of it. Um, but I, I uh, did, did you make note of the opening voiceover of this film, Kramer? Uh, I didn't make a note about anything. I, I thought the theme song at this point sounded like bootleg Terminator, but the voiceover I did not. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk a lot about the music. Don't worry. But <laughs> I actually wrote down every word of this opening voiceover. W would you Would you like to revisit it? I would love to revisit it. Uh, I would actually give you bonus points if you do it in a Jesse the Body voice. My voice already sounds like Jesse the Body, so no problem. Okay. Uh, so, th so this is Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, who is the titular Abraxas guardian of the universe. And here's what he, he tells the audience. Have you ever been vaulted? Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's not very pleasant. It involves reinforcement of skeletal and muscle structures by short wave irradiation and ozo layering to 0.23%. So you should know right there what kind of movie you're in for. I, I had written, like, that was one of my first notes, kind of goes with that, is that Jesse is just talking the most nonsense sci-fi movie bullshit I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, it, it, none of it makes sense. It doesn't really matter. I mean, ultimately, I, I don't know what any of it was. And what we're getting in the, uh, visually what we're seeing is uh, Ventura sort of in close-up shots, just basically screaming in pain. And it goes on for, you know, three or four minutes of this opening scene. This movie starts off by just immediately confusing you and what's going on. Yeah, it, it doesn't, because 
we don't know what this vaulting process is. So him asking us what it is, I, I don't. It doesn't matter. There's more voiceover that I did not write down verbatim, but the the moral of the story is that he has been a space cop for ten thousand years, and in his line of work, they are known as finders. He also explains that a former partner of his named Segundus, which is <laughs> the most <laughs> absurd name. <laughs> went renegade and is now on earth i don't know if he he wasn't going to earth but he left their home planet planet and is now traveling to earth sure this whole opening is bonkers like also the the time frame stuff with like ten thousand years they said that he his partner turned on him like a thousand years ago right it's just arbitrary like lengths of time <laughs> yes I, I don't and i don't again i don't really know the point of any of this our first scene proper, that is not just random flashes and voiceover, is of these two aliens in, I guess, what's a like a control center of some kind. And they're going to be sort of our uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern <laughs> <laughs> characters. <laughs> You're the only person on this planet that has connected that to a Braxis. <laughs> um, they just kind of pop in they also they act as basically a voiceover as well because they fill in gaps in the plot they're very annoying characters one of them is actually played by the director so good for him (laughs) and they're basically filling in what jesse didn't tell us that the segundus is going to this planet no one's ever heard of and then they reveal it at the end ho ho it's earth but the funny part is that these two random aliens act like they've never heard of Earth, yet they're both speaking English and look completely human. <laughs> so yes, and that and even other things like during this movie, where like at one point later on, Abraxas talks about subway systems. Are there subway systems on other planets? Everything is Earth-based knowledge about something they don't know about. So in in Star Trek, for example. All of the characters speak English. Uh, Occasionally, they try and explain it, that they have translators or some nonsense. But you forgive that because at least they make the aliens look different, even if it's minor differences, pointed ears or, you know, their their heads are weird. All of these people have nothing alien about them. They just look like people. (laughs) There's no there's no makeup. So, you know, there's no face paint. There's nothing They're They're all they're shaped like human. Jesse has the most boring haircut. You know, he's he's half bald, he's got the horseshoe hair, and then he's got a rat tail ponytail off the back. I'm going to call bullshit on you calling that, that rat tail barring. That was exciting. <laughs> I, I got excited for that. <laughs> oh, agree to disagree. All, all of this stuff you're saying is not helping your Chicago heat. <laughs> Fuck Chicago. <laughs> Fuck their pretzels. <laughs> Fuck their drivers. Oh, that's true. We, we did have a driving incident in Chicago. Uh, that's that's for the Patreon. We'll, we'll talk about that. Legally, we can't discuss it. So so these two aliens, uh, they tell us, uh, basically, they, they repeat some of the same stuff. Segundus is renegade. He's going to Earth. If he's able to in, uh, get a woman pregnant with his alien baby, it will basically bring about the end of the universe, I suppose. Um, and one of the aliens also talks a lot about how displeased he is with his job. Did you catch that? that was, yes. <laughs> what was that? He's like, well, I, I can't believe I'm in middle management still. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> this, this movie feels like there should be multiple spinoffs, prequels, a TV, a, a Disney Plus series about <laughs> these characters. Because there's all these weird things going on. Yeah, I thought this character was going to be a bad guy at some point, And his, you know, his motivation was going to be he didn't, never got the promotion he wanted. It was so weird. Nope, he just hates his job. Um, right after this, we jump into a strange shootout in a sort of snowy forest. Snowy is an understatement. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, a foot and a half of snow on the ground. But it's uh, Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, shooting at Segundus. But it's a, a harsh intercut with this conversation the other aliens are having. So I guess all of that stuff happened before because they're already fighting. And that's never explained. <laughs> I also like that this gunfight was they didn't have the budget, I guess, for actual laser effects. So it's just assorted explosions while they're yes. running through the snow. But n- yes. no actual visual lasers. Uh, correct. 
now we get uh, we go back into Abraxas's mind, and he's telling us more narration about you know we're super strong. This guy's the bad guy. It, it again, it's all mindless drivel. And then Segunda starts narrating. <laughs> that threw me off so bad right yeah. there. So now we have dueling narration from our good guy and our bad guy. <laughs> and they're basically saying the same stuff. It's all very confusing. And it's instantaneous, too. Yeah. And there's a reason that Sven Ole Thorson never speaks in any movie he's ever been in. He's <laughs> got a very thick uh, Danish accent. Sven Ole Thorson, of course, um, was also the like the world's strongest man in the eighties at one point. Yeah, like everyone in this movie is part of the the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger side friends group. Uh, pretty much, yeah. They've they've all been in movies with him. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to highlight is those weapons you talked about that we don't see lasers, but we do see sort of far off explosions. They sound like chickens when they're fired. <laughs> <laughs> like a Braxis will shoot one and it's like it's <laughs> <laughs> really funny I was hoping they would have those weapons the whole movie but no it's only in this scene so they're they're doing all this random shootout stuff and now we cut to two kids parking in this snowfield to make out now <laughs> I, I, I'm my game's a little rusty but I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> attempting to do this when there was three feet of snow on the ground and it was <laughs> negative 12 degrees outside. They're, 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 they're attempting to make out, but they're both wearing like parkas and full <laughs> like giant mittens. <laughs> I mean, just honestly, just, just find someone's basement or something. This is ridiculous. Uh, Segundus gets away from Abraxas. He comes up to the kids. Uh, he, throws the the guy out of the car and then asks the woman there are you a birthing member of the human race so <laughs> strong pickup game from Segundus. oh yeah he's a ladies man <laughs> um he uh, gets in the car steals the car and all of his interaction with this woman who we find out is named Sonia is very very rapey it's Super uncomfortable. Most of his scenes are rapey, including yeah. those with children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's both disturbing and very true. He is taking the, he's driving this woman away. I don't know how he knows how to drive a car. Again, like you said. Well, he, he doesn't because he crashed it within about 10 yards of driving. And I laughed out loud at this. It was so ridiculous. He barely got the car rolling. <laughs> he, uh, he looked like uh, Kevin Nash coming into a ring and blowing out his knee immediately. <laughs> Uh, he does manage to run over a Braxis, though. So our hero not doing great <laughs> opening scene. Here's my note about the music, which sounds between a cross of the Terminator, like you said, and the uh, opening credits from Silk Stockings. <laughs> my note is sexy saxophone music. Yeah, there's so much saxophone in this friggin' movie. Segundus impregnates the lady by just touching her belly. Yep, and it sounds like a 56K modem. <laughs> Yes, it sort of glows blue, it boots up to connect to the internet, and she is now pregnant with alien baby. Now Abraxas catches up to him, I, I don't know if he's aware that the uh, impreg imp impregnation has occurred, but he asks Abraxas, what did they do to your face? Which seems like a cheap shot at <laughs> Jesse the body, right? Yeah, that... Uh... <laughs> Well, that was the uh, bone thickening they did earlier, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that right. explains that. Right, but we've never seen Abraxas look like anything else, so it just seems like an out-of-place insult about <laughs> how <laughs> Jesse Ventura is aging. I, it's very weird. Bro, you're very ugly. <laughs> um, Segundus needs to instigate the birth of the co-mater, okay? <laughs> oh, God. Which you uh, referenced in our open, and... That phrase is going to be said two or three thousand times in this movie. <laughs> the cool mater. And it has no meaning. You, like you can't you, you can't like break down the, the word. It just doesn't mean anything. Co mater. Because it's not even the person he mated with, which maybe you could make that make sense. It's the kid. So <laughs> So anyway, that's why he impregnated uh Sonia. Because he has I mean basically the co mater, I guess, is the Antichrist, basically. He's going to bring about the end of the world somehow. 
It's all very vague. It's very vague, and it's very copyright infringement on someone else's property. Yeah, I, I mean, it, none of this is... is I, I mean, I give them credit because it's kind of original, I guess, right? Is it, though? Because they're 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 calling the, the co-mater's special ability the anti-life equation, which is literally one of the biggest, like, hooks in the DC Comics universe. That was from the, G, the, the Kirby New Gods. It's all over the... Uh, the the Snyder Cut. They say it hundreds of times in the Snyder Cut. Okay, well, obviously the Snyder Cut stole it from this because this came out in 1990. So That's true. All right, fine. But you, you know what? Whatever. This movie's great. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> so they, they argue a little bit, and now we get this sort of weird rule that because Segundus used to be a space cop, he can't be executed. He has to just sit in prison for the rest of his immortal life, which yes, is a real uh... lame plot device. Sure. It's it's we're, now it's demolition, man. <laughs> so again, this came out before Demolition Man. Anyway, um Demolition Man also starring Jesse the Body. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, Barely. That's a weird that's a weird role for him. Yeah. He did a lot of those. He says it, I don't even think he has a line in that movie. Uh he did a lot of those where he like even in Batman and Robin, he's got like a, a half a line of dialogue. That's true. Um, so Abraxas arrests Segundus. So our villain is now arrested. He gets teleported back to space jail. <laughs> Abraxas finds Sonia, who is in labor, because apparently <laughs> alien babies gestate for 45 seconds. <laughs> She's very confused during all of this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't blame her. The aliens in that room, Abraxas's bosses, tell him that he has to kill both the lady, or kill the lady before she gives birth, as that is the only way to stop the co-mater from coming into existence. And they give him a clock, too, <laughs> because they know exactly when this baby's going to pop. You have one minute. You have 40 seconds. <laughs> it's like a countdown. It's very weird. <laughs> Abraxas refuses to do it. He just walks away. Doesn't explain why. He just leaves. He points the gun at her, but leaves. Sonia gives birth to the baby. She's, like you said, very confused. My note here is, this is the craziest cold open ever. <laughs> Because <laughs> this is well, all happening in the first nine minutes of this movie. Yeah, and the entire time this is happening, too. Like, first of all, Sonya, not a good actress at all. I, I respectfully and, I respectfully disagree. I think she's pretty good, actually. I do. I don't know. I don't know about that. When, when she's here and she goes, what is happening to me? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're and being also, hard. You're being hard on no. Sonya. I think she's okay. And then on top of that... The, the baby is making sounds like it's ripping through her rib cage. Yeah. <laughs> the sound effects are bizarre. It's aggressively <laughs> uh, uh, sound mixed. So she gives birth. Um, she's now wandering through, again, this, this, you know, three feet of snow. She finds a bridge and briefly contemplates throwing the baby into the water. So... <laughs> So, going into this, I didn't know what this movie was, so I thought, holy shit, this woman is going to throw this kid into the water. <laughs> she thinks about it for about, like, 15 seconds. It, it's, it's, a very it's a very tense scene, actually. Probably the best of the film. Um, she does not. She looks at it. She decides, you know what? I'm still his mother, and she does not do it. So, good for her. <laughs> she doesn't do it. But she does have to walk back across this train bridge <laughs> that's got three feet of snow on it. And you could see as her as a human, not an actor, is concerned about crossing this bridge <laughs> yeah. that they're making her do this. I That was just what I was going to say. It's so uncomfortable because <laughs> the camera stays on her for a minute and she has to walk, you know, 300 yards. It really looks really dangerous. Right, like from plank to plank on a train, like the train bridge from uh, Stand, Stand By, by me. me. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> We'll, we'll definitely put up a screen grab of that on the uh, on the social media because it's terrifying. To be honest, she doesn't seem as freaked out by all this as she probably should be, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, 100%. She, she is taking this very well. So she goes to her parents in the most pointless scene of any film ever made. There's a four-minute scene where she's telling her parents, uh, I, you know, she explains it, I guess, fully that, <laughs> that an alien came down and made her pregnant. And her parents basically say get out of our lives forever <laughs> what 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 ha was she living at home before this because did her parents never notice she wasn't pregnant that day well i mean the, 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 we don't need to talk about this on this podcast but there is a 
<laughs> there, there is a phenomenon where people don't realize they're pregnant until the baby comes. That is a thing, so I okay. guess that's possible. But regardless, her parents, not very supportive. <laughs> no. This and woman, never in this movie again. <laughs> Sonia is played by Marjorie Bransfield. Uh, I That's my note here, because I didn't know she was going to be in this movie <laughs> until she decides <laughs> to keep the baby. So she she's basically your lead of the film. Uh, she names the baby Thomas. I don't. There's no relevance to that, but his name is Thomas. And we get another scene where she has to, I guess, get a birth certificate for him. And we are, there is so much bureaucracy stuff in this movie. She has she has an argument with like the county clerk about the baby. It's very unnecessary. It, it's the first of many scenes involving local government. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> Uh, this uh, this small town Christmas time setting of this movie uh, made me feel warm inside because it reminded me of Santa's sleigh. So we have a <laughs> we have a secret small town snow Christmas movie podcast going. We now get a five year time jump, so that's cool. And now Sonia is narrating. So this is our third narrator <laughs> in the first thirteen minutes of this movie. <laughs> that's insane for a movie to attempt that. <laughs> She's filling in some gaps about her life. She seems to have done pretty well for herself. She runs a store. Uh, Tommy, the boy, he hasn't spoken yet. Um, and the doctors can't figure out why. There's no medical reason why the boy can't speak. And other than that, he's, he's a pretty normal kid, it seems. He's just unable to, to speak. We now go back to our um, aliens. Apparently that alien in five years still has not gotten that promotion. Because he's in that <laughs> same office doing the same stuff with his partner. And we're we're told that Segundus has just escaped. So you know what? <laughs> Terrible job. So he was in prison for five years in actual time and about twelve seconds of movie time. So thank you for yeah, that. They, they basically put him in Arkham Asylum. He just got right out. <laughs> and we're told that he need if he finds the co-mater who is Tommy, he needs to rip out his brain to extract the uh, anti-life, what did you call it? The anti-life equation. Anti-life equation, and doing that will open up the anti-life universe. So there's a lot of bullshit happening right now. N- none of it makes sense. And spoiler alert, folks, when he finally interacts with the co-mater, he doesn't try to do any of this stuff. <laughs> so just just gear up for that, because it's going to be a letdown. Um, they call a Braxis. Uh, because they want him to once again arrest his former partner. And they yell at him for not killing the woman five years ago. So they're still on his case about this. <laughs> he has to hear about that every day. Like, they just are <laughs> fucking with him in the in the break room. <laughs> um, Abraxas says that he won't kill a woman or a child. It's not part of his space cop job. Okay. Um, and in this scene, they use the word terminate about 200 times. And that cannot be an accident. That's all I can say. So they send Abraxas. His mission is once again to rescue Segundus and also kill the woman and Tommy. So they're sending them down on the same portal. Here's where Abraxas talks about, explains that these portals are like a subway system where they can go anywhere, sure. But as as a uh, as what can only be described as a filmmaking budget concern, the portal <laughs> breaks. <laughs> so both of our aliens, all of their weaponry is lost in the portal, even though they get through okay. So that's clearly, <laughs> we don't have enough money for space guns. That's what that is. No. We lost the ones from the earlier scene, actually. <laughs> they, um, th- This is from the first scene, when they're talking about how they don't know what Earth is. They make a comment, um, something like, oh, how advanced are they? And the aliens say, oh, Earth is pretty advanced. We're only a few years ahead of them. And that's also a budgetary thing, so they don't have to explain why everything <laughs> looks like it's from Earth. So the only thing that these uh, characters, Abraxas and Segundus, have that survives the portal (laughs) are their answer boxes. (laughs) (laughs) And my note right there is, ha, 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 ha. Because I had to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard at the concept of an answer box. (laughs) Um. I bet you that when uh, when their Apple was designing Siri, they wanted to call it Answer Box, but Abraxas already had it copyrighted, so they couldn't. Oh yeah, they they had the, they they actually got the paperwork filed and everything, and got denied. 
Oh, man. Answer box is so great. So now we cut to the weirdest scene of this very weird movie where Sonia is having a meeting with Tommy's school principal. The principal is played by James Belushi, and he is the most awful character in this movie. He says to Sonia, this school is for normal children, and Tommy is not a normal kid. Yes. If you're ready, I will discuss only this scene the rest of the movie. I mean, we'll record it. The rest of you won't hear it, so there's going to be an abrupt cut right now. And then we'll continue with the plot of (laughs) of Praxis. Well, here's not just the fact that Jim Belushi is in this movie. Again, someone else that's been in a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. But here's the thing. Did you see his name? Yes. I'm getting to that, but you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. This this blows my fucking mind. It's yours. It's yours. Take it. (laughs) Okay. He is playing Principal Rick Latimer. The (laughs) same character he played in the 1987 movie... The principal. Yep. Where he took over an urban high school and kicked out all of the drug dealers and bad elements that were ruining this school. Yep. What the fuck is he doing in this movie? It is a principal shared universe film. You didn't know that? Oh, I I did not know that. I didn't expect the principal to be taking place in a sci-fi movie. Um, <laughs> so I'll tell you what he's doing in the movie, at least as far as I can tell. Uh, the woman who plays Sonia is his wife. Okay, that's fine. So why is he Rick fucking Latimer? <laughs> uh, it, I can't answer any of that. And I'll also counter with this scene introduces a comedy element to this film that will occasionally reappear. And it's really, really really out there yeah you're right it's like this weird line they cross here and don't like the rest of the movie they can't stop themselves the beginning of this movie nothing is funny at all well i'm gonna clarify you nothing is funny at any point in this movie but at the beginning of the movie they're not trying to be funny this they're trying like absurdist comedy later they try slapstick comedy none of it is funny the joke here is that sonia says to the principal well, have you talked to the bullies and asked them to stop bullying my son? And the principal says, no, I hadn't thought of that. So I guess it's a prequel to the principal film. <laughs> because because that's that all one, the principal would have done. Exactly. So in that movie, he knows how to deal with, uh, you know, sort of ill-behaving students. In this one, he doesn't. Where did that movie take place? Do you do you know? I didn't check that. Um, I think it was just California, like indescript California. I looked okay. it up. It was filmed in Oakland. I don't know if it... I used okay. to watch that movie a lot. That was one of those HBO movies. I kind of like that movie. <laughs> so that that is legitimately a wild, wild scene. No place in this movie. And Belushi, not in the rest of the movie. No, even when they go back to this school. Right. He must have just been visiting his wife on set and offered to do them a favor. And uh, we talked about this off air. If you Google Abraxas for, like, images, you found 75 different (laughs) fonts and DVD covers and posters for this movie. In half of them, James Belushi gets top billing. So Right up there next. It's Jesse and James. Yep. Okay, so so that detour is over. There's now a random chase through the woods because both of our aliens have landed. Abraxas is running after Secundus. The woods, I'm assuming they're the same woods that the first scene took place in, but there's no snow. It's the fall. So it's just uh, basically the same chase at the beginning, but without snow. They're rolling around. They fight each other. Abraxas loses the fist fight with Segundus. So <laughs> get ready for that to happen a lot because Segundus <laughs> wins a lot. Um, now we, we come upon a random camp and Segundus tries to steal their car. Again, great driver Segundus. He roughs up the campers, gets the keys, threatens them. It's all pointless stuff. Steals the car, and as he's pulling away, Abraxas jumps on the hood of the car. I Another laugh. Huge laugh. The way he hits this windshield yeah. and the face he makes. <laughs> he hits it hard. Uh, Segundus throws Jesse off the car. Abraxas, Jesse. Uh, throws him off the car, and my note here is that Abraxas is really getting his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, he's not good at his no. job at all. And why did they only send one finder? If this, if this co-mater could destroy the universe... Why don't we have, you know, a handful of these guys? None of this makes sense. Okay, whatever. Sonya is back at her store, and now she's getting hit on by a new character, a dorky cop. But it's all playful. He's he's a nice guy. He's, you know, he clearly has a crush on her. 
So he comes to her health food store and endures sort of gross, you know, wheat, germ and stuff like that, just so he could be around her. It was the early 90s. All of this stuff was disgusting to people. Now we get a recurring story in this movie that I don't fully understand, but Segundus needs to recharge... I guess his answer box. Abraxas's is fine. Segundus's needs to be recharged for some reason. I don't know why, but he's basically walking around trying to find power sources. He goes to a garage. Nothing can charge his answer box. And then he makes a mechanic explode somehow. <laughs> that was that was great. Yeah, I don't know. He like pressed the answer box against the mechanic. So this answer box is also a exploding box too, I guess. I don't know. Jesse uh, Abraxas gets picked up by the campers who just got robbed and asked them for a ride. And for some reason, they're very trusting of him. <laughs> and they, they give him a ride. Now we get some weird jokes about VD. Yeah, they they are leaning hard into this VD joke. Yeah, it, it means something alien. I don't know. His vertical delineation is off or something. But he just keeps saying, I have VD. And like the people in the camper think it's funny. It's not, and it's really weird. Uh, Abraxas talks like a robot. Uh, that's sort of his gimmick. He's kind of talking like, you know, the Terminator. Um, Segundus doesn't. So I don't know <laughs> if only the good space <laughs> cops talk like this, because he's not a robot. They're aliens. But okay. They give Abraxas some clothes, which somehow fit this enormous man. <laughs> yeah. The only the only adult male in this camper, he looks like your stereotypical accountant or lawyer. He's like yeah. this skinny, nerdy guy. Yeah. But conveniently, he has a size 4XL gold <laughs> gym sweater. And an enormous trench coat. It looks like the one uh, like Raphael wears when he goes undercover. <laughs> 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 when they get off, the, they part, go to the town, obviously. This is a small town in the middle of nowhere. They, they Obviously, they go there. And when they get out, like off camera, you hear Abraxas yell, I need to find Segundus. And then they cut to the camper, and he's sprinting in the opposite direction. <laughs> it, was the most, it was the weirdest thing. So Segundus somehow knows Sonia's name. This is another thing I don't understand. He knows her name, so he goes to the Hall of Records. I don't know how he would know to do any of these things. But he knows her name, so he goes to the Hall of Records, kills everyone there, and is using the computer, which is, you know, like a, a Commodore 64, basically, and is trying to find her name and Tommy's name and where they live and all this other stuff. I don't know how he would know how to do any of this stuff. At least in the Terminator, you know, Skynet had all the information and he goes to a phone book. This, he just seems to have this information organically. I don't know how. Answer boxes. It's all answer boxes. <laughs> I mean, but his answer box doesn't have enough battery. So I was going to give you that one, but he still hasn't charged the fucking answer box. So nice try. <laughs> anyway, the, the friendly cop and his partner come upon Segundus. Abraxas is now there, too. So they're all in this uh, county clerk's office. There's a brief fight. Segundus takes a woman hostage by threatening to crush her skull. A woman that came in to yell about her plumbing or something? It was so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. She just walks in, he grabs her head and is about to crush it. Well, she walks in, starts yelling about, I don't know, fucking local plumbing, but also is surrounded by the dead people in this office. <laughs> no. no reaction, doesn't run around screaming, no. just stands None. there still arguing about her her, uh, her overgrown landscaping or yeah. whatever. So Segundus takes her hostage roughs up the cops a little bit. He gets their guns. He gets both cops' weapons, so good job for... Pretty for easily, too. <laughs> yeah, for local police. Great job. And then he turns as he's leaving, looks at them, and says, Have a nice day. <laughs> Why would he say that? <laughs> How would he know to say that? That's a very Earth saying. They were clearly trying to hit a I'll be back line. <laughs> and they succeeded. <laughs> um... Now, so again, this is all going on in this town. We go to another part of the town where there's a weird scene at a playground in the snow. So we're going to find out this is Tommy playing at the playground. We get a lot of kid stuff before we see Tommy. Um, they're all dressed like it's a Christmas story. You can't tell any of the kids apart. They all have, you know, parkas and huge hats. <laughs> and there's a foot and a half of snow on the ground. The last scene, there was no snow in this town. The people were camping about 10 minutes ago in this movie. And now suddenly there's a foot and a half of snow. So why would you go camping in the winter? Where did this snow come from? It's never been snowing. It was either not snowing and now there's snow. So <laughs> the the guy who is in charge of continuity and editing 
<laughs> needs to be fired. Regardless, Tommy is getting bullied, and the principal, <laughs> I guess, never handled it. <laughs> no, he never talked to this kid, which I wouldn't either, because his bully is the most Canadian-looking kid I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he definitely trained at the Heart Dungeon. His fucking mullet is magnificent. <laughs> it's, uh, it's early Lance Storm mullet for sure. It might even be Lance Storm. Who knows? <laughs> he, uh, there's, he bullies. Uh, he's bullying Tommy. Tommy is able to make this kid pee his pants with his mind. Yep, he's the worst X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's the co-mater's power, bladder control. That's interesting. <laughs> and then we cut immediately to a second scene of Tommy getting bullied, this time indoors in the bathroom. And now he is able to use his mind to push this bully into the bathroom stall. We then hear the toilet flush and never see the bully again. So he has just <laughs> murdered this bully by flushing him down the toilet. Yes. He is the X-Men known as Piss Boy, and he is just <laughs> stopping villains with his mind in toilets. Very, very strange. This is just, a t I mean, there's, there's some mystery tied into the plot where no one actually knows if the boy is the co-mater, but this is to show that if he's confronted with darkness, he will become the co-mater. Okay, whatever. Yeah, Oh, and, and even putting in that doubt was pointless. Yeah, because it was weird that they made that such a thing in the movie. Like, we don't know if it's the co-mater. It's fuck co-mater. Just say it is. Like, why did we even need that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Trying to get into the minds of the filmmakers here is probably not a, a healthy endeavor. Segundus uh, has the address of this woman, but waits about five or six hours to go there. Again, small town. It's probably right down the street. But now it's nighttime. Sonia and Tommy are going to the movie. And their friends, who are not characters, I don't know who they are, they're house-sitting, I guess, or maybe they're roommates, I don't know. They all live together, and they're at the house. They don't live together, though, because that woman wants to stay at Sonya's house to use her TV, because her TV has lines. Okay, yeah, that that's true. Very very 80s TV <laughs> problem right there. What? Oh, whatever, though. It's it's all just a stall, so we can have another pointless scene. Segundus mistakes these two for Sonya and Tommy. And Abraxas also shows up at this time. There's a very poorly choreographed fight. It's a lot of, they do a lot of first person camera work where we see where we are the characters getting punched. It's very strange. These are two large, strong men. Jesse has some training, at least as a professional wrestler. You'd think they'd be able to do some kind of fighting, but no, it's all very terribly filmed. Not interesting. Abraxas loses again. So for those keeping score, <laughs> Segundus <Our> undefeated. <laughs> Segundus undefeated. Abraxas winless. Not a lot of uh, universe guarding from the guardian of the universe. <laughs> and Segundus lets him live for reasons? Question mark. Uh, yeah, he just he he lightly stabs him in the stomach with a lamp. Yep, which was great because Jesse had to stand there, clearly just holding <laughs> the lamp to his stomach because they didn't have any kind of special effect team. <laughs> To make it look like it was in him. So he's just awkwardly <laughs> holding yeah. this stick in front of him. And later, when, when it falls out, it falls out to the side. He doesn't even pull it through his stomach. Yeah. It just tips over. So Sonia recognizes Abraxas from five years ago when he decided not to kill her. The alien bosses are still reprimanding Abraxas because now he's with Sonia and has still not killed her or Tommy. Now we go to, we get introduced to another character out of nowhere, seemingly. Sonia has this friend or something that's a farmer. And they go to his farmhouse to hide away. The apple farmer. Yeah, I, it's all very weird. And they're sort of laying low in this house. Abraxas is uh, in bed, shirtless. And he creepily tells Tommy a bedtime story. <laughs> but he's the one in bed, not the kid. <laughs> yes, he, 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 all, he, he goes, Tommy, do you want to sit with me? No. No, Tommy, you don't. <laughs> Everyone, I mean, Tommy might be an alien, fine, I'll give him a flyer, but Sonya particularly is way too casual around Abraxas for being a space alien that's trying to protect her, might have to kill her. And now uh, Segundus is walking around this town trying to, he, he, It's this is, again, very confusing, I cannot understand it, but he's walking, so now instead of looking for Sonya, he's saying, where do the, you know, whatever, birthing members of your species exist he's asking everyone where women are i don't know why right and this random kid says oh you you're looking for a strip club okay i don't know why it, it, none of it makes i mean he knows the woman's name he knew where she lived 
you know, make him run down those leads. It's like the it's like the more information he gets, the less he knows. It, it is because now we get the 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 last refuge of poor sci-fi '90s storytelling. There's a strip club scene. It is completely out of place. Sagunas walks into this strip club, I guess, looking for Sonia, or is he looking for someone else to impregnate? I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> I'm starting to realize that this movie and Santa's Slay are essentially the same movie. They, they are. They are. One is significantly these, worse. These are all the same scenes. <laughs> I, I, and I, I, cannot, I cannot make sense of it. He's at the strip club for, I don't know, a minute and a half. Nothing happens there. He just walks around. He, he tries to grab one of the strippers. The bouncer gets involved. There's a brief fight, and that's it. That's it. So I don't understand. Now we cut back to this farmhouse. There's some very uncomfortable romantic stuff between Abraxas and Sonia. Okay, Jesse is playing what is meant to be a robot alien thing. He's a pretty charismatic guy. Um, even in something like Predator, you can see he's a decent actor. He's not bad. But the role he's playing here is to be emotionless. So it makes this romantic stuff super uncomfortable. And maybe that's why I think Sonya is actually pretty good. Because by comparison, she looks pretty good in these scenes. My note here is that her entire basis for being attracted to Abraxas, which is a great name for a uh, punk band, attracted to Abraxas. <laughs> um, her entire basis for this is that he almost but didn't kill her five years ago. That's why she's into him. I mean, <laughs> that's a low bar for romantic interest, but okay. <laughs> the This movie's just meandering. The, the next 12 to 13 minutes are just a whole bunch of nonsense. We get a lot of stuff with the 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 non-space cops, the small-town cops. They're cracking one-liners. They, they're trying to find out who these these two other guys are, what they're doing. They don't know who to trust. Uh, the, the one guy is basically professing his love for Sonya to his partner. Like, I need to protect her. I need to be the one. I need to be the one. It's all very sweet, but it, it's just so boring. Well, he's no Abraxas, so he's not going to be with her. <laughs> and now, at this late stage of the movie, this answer box is now a character in the movie. Suddenly, it has personality. This came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's mouthy now. It's a yeah. little mouthy sidekick. Abraxas is arguing with his wrist. The answer box keep telling him, you have to kill this woman. You can't like this woman. You can't talk to the kid. Over and over, and he's arguing with his wrist because the answer box is like a, like where your you know your <laughs> Apple Watch would be. So he's just yelling at the in interior of his arm. It's really weird. Yeah, really <laughs> and what's funny with this answer box thing too is it's like it, they want you to kind of think that it's in him, like it's part of him. Right. But you clearly see a wire running up his arm because yeah. you know they didn't have any money for that <laughs> to make it look like it was embedded. Yeah, it's it's meant it's it looks like a, almost like a like a glowing circuit board basically. Uh Braxis and Sonia officially fall in love and they start kissing. It's very weird and uncomfortable. Tommy now runs away. Okay. Does he? <laughs> he does. He does. We get first person Tommy running away and he leaves a note saying he uh, <laughs> saying he thinks everyone will be safer if he runs away and that he loves his mom and he thinks he loves Abraxas too. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> I, I like to. I think I love Abraxas. It's, just, <laughs> it's a weird thing for a, a five-year-old to be putting in the note. <laughs> we can talk about that too. Tommy is definitely not five. Right. We, no, we can, not we, even close. No, the, the, the kid, I mean, I live with a five-year-old. <laughs> this kid is not five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even one of the characters at one point earlier was like, he's big for five. <laughs> yep, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> he is roughly 23 years old. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he, he, let's give him a pass say he's five. This kid doesn't speak, but apparently writes very eloquently, because that's not something a five... A, again, a five-year-old. You don't learn how to write sentences or words <laughs> at a five-year-old. Anyway. Anyway. The cops catch up to Segundus. Uh, they attack him. I love this scene. <laughs> it doesn't go well. Scene. It doesn't go well for them. <laughs> you love this scene. Go ahead. I you love can, it. You can expound on it. Okay, I love this scene because they get out of the car and now they have their guns again. To which Secundus tells them that those guns won't work. So the young cop, out of nowhere, pulls a submachine gun from under his coat. Was he riding around in the car all day with this under his coat? He pulls. He pulls out an Uzi. I, I think we're supposed. <laughs> I think we're supposed to understand that he is doing this stuff because he loves Sonia. But like you said, it is so absurd. <laughs> and, and 
It doesn't matter because Secundus takes that from him too. Yeah. So now they've just given the bad guy a stronger weapon. And my note here is this movie is Grand Theft Auto because now Secundus has a machine gun. He's <laughs> firing it all over this city block. And now he's about to steal his seventh car of the movie, I think. <laughs> this motherfucker has been stealing cars every scene he's in. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. Why didn't he just keep... I mean, why Why would he need a new car every time? It's so wild. At one point, he stole a dirt bike, which was crazy to see a giant <laughs> yes. like Sven Oli Thorson ripping it up on a dirt bike. Yeah, that was a weird scene. A dirt bike that they're driving on the road exclusively. That was a weird scene. <laughs> Abraxas, they're still at this farm. Abraxas says he wants to talk to Tommy alone. And Sonia agrees. Why on earth would she do that? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of adults trying to be alone with Tommy in this movie. And it's real weird. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So uh, I, I guess I didn't explain. They they found him. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I guess, well, all he did I guess was I didn't run say that. into the... He ran into the apple orchard, yeah. real like a like an asshole, just kind of arms in the air, confused by trees. Just <laughs> he looked like a, flailing. He looked like a muppet when he was running, like whoa, his arms. <laughs> <laughs> whoa! <laughs> so they they find him quickly, and then Abraxas says, "I I want to drive alone with him back to town." I don't know why they're going back to town either. That seems like a bad idea. But anyway, um, now Segundus has taken uh, the school hostage. Which is hilarious. But not Principal Rick Latimer. Not anyone. He he w <laughs> crawls into a window of the school. Into, or no, does he? No, I, I don't know. He gets into one classroom, threatens the teacher, and then just takes that classroom hostage. That's it. So he's got the 12 kids that they can afford as extras hostage. Yep. Teacher abandoned those kids real quick. Yeah. That teacher yep. didn't care at all. <laughs> he tells the teacher, uh, go find me the co-mater or I'm going to start killing kids. Okay, again, <laughs> his teacher's like, I don't know what a co-mater is, so I'm just leaving town, but okay. <laughs> we, we, uh, Braxis and our heroes, they get to the school. Uh, there's a police presence outside. The only two cops in this town is your police presence. <laughs> yes, and, and a few scattered extras. Not not much not much concern from the town, because there's only like 20 people standing outside there. Um, Abraxas gets in, rescues a kid, loses another fight to Segundas. <laughs> <laughs> This guy cannot catch a break. Tommy runs away again. Segundus chases him. Okay. It, it, the whole school hostage thing was a waste of time. Nothing happened. He just threatens the kids and then they leave the school. That's it. Yep. And we don't see Principal Rick Latimer. No. No. Well, he's already been transferred to California. So for for his uh, his standalone film. I love it that this movie is a prequel. That's That's fabulous now. I love that. The minute, the minute that those kids were taken hostage, he ran out the back door and got <laughs> on his on his motorcycle, which he rode in the principals, <laughs> and took it right to California and started a new life there. <laughs> so now we get back to our alien, um, I don't know, exposition machines, and they explain to us <laughs> that Segundus needs to make Tommy frustrated. And that is how the power of the co-mater will come into existence, this anti-life equation, which was not what they said earlier. They said he needed to rip his brain out. But now if he just gets, if he just gets him worked up, the, the universe will destroy. I don't know. I don't understand any of this. <laughs> and also, Segundus apparently will become super powerful at that point, which I also don't understand because it's called the anti-life equation. So isn't this the end of life? Makes no sense. Suddenly there is a factory or something in this town. Okay. <laughs> They're now in a factory. Sure, because they need to blow stuff up, and they needed an abandoned factory. Have you realized how many movies we have watched so far in this show that take place in abandoned factories? I have realized it, and it's the answer is very easy, because they're they're cheap to rent on the weekends, and you can damage them, and no one cares. <laughs> That's what, what it is. <laughs> Every movie we watch almost has a goddamn factory scene in it. Th this is not relevant to this podcast, but I used to uh, work at an office supply company. And our, we, I worked in an office above sort of the warehouse where we sold the, the stuff. And every weekend in the, the warehouse, they would be filming um, Law & Order episodes. Because anytime Law & Order had a victim or like an employee who was a witness <laughs> that worked in a warehouse, they would just come film where I worked. So they were there every weekend filming, you know, oh, it's a new warehouse. They would just, you know, move the camera. So, so that's what these things do for budget reasons. They find a cheap place and then everyone rents it. So when we get to this factory, it's just Segundus and Tommy at this point in this factory. And now we start the most jarring part of the movie for me personally. Because Segundus is chasing Tommy... And suddenly, 
there is a Duran Duran ripoff song playing. It is. It starts with Japanese like sounding music, and it trans. And you're right. It transfers into like a Duran Duran song. It's super How? bizarre. What? It, it's just super, and it's supposed to be a tense chase scene. This this alien is chasing this little kid. It's really, really weird. And we hear the whole song. Uh, solid. Oh, the whole song plays. Solid three fifteen. We hear the whole song. Yep. And during this entire chase, Secundus is taking off pieces of his clothes occasionally, which was yep. also very uncomfortable. Uh, Braxis and Sonia catch up to Secundus. There is now a slow motion fist fight, which is very weird. Every punch is moving in slow motion. And it ends with bloody eye gouging from Secundus. So now Braxis has claw marks all over his face. Secundus falls off like a, kind of like a, a ledge in the factory. And Abraxas is dangling. And now we get voiceover from Abraxas in real time, taking us through his thought process in this climactic scene. It kind of gives away that he lives because it feels like he's telling it post-story. That is true. And it's also him saying, oh, I don't know how much effect Segundus had. I don't know if Tommy is going to kill me now because he may already be the co-mater. It's all terribly bizarre and uninteresting. Tommy doesn't kill him. They help up Abraxas. And Segundus wasn't dead, so I don't know if I should even count that as a victory for Abraxas. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's Secundus, a draw. He's, he's, still, he's still there. More punching and kicking. Again, very uninteresting fight between them. And Abraxas is able to press Segundus against the wall. Segundus reminds him, you can't kill me because I used to be a finder, and that's not good. You'll get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and Abraxas says, too bad. And then he uses his answer box to blow up Segundus. Okay. <laughs> The answer box can do a lot of things. I don't I don't remember how I don't know how the answer box could blow up the other objects when the answer box also blow up. Ah, none of that's explained. <laughs> also when he blows up it makes the ricochet entrance sound effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For some reason. He sort of implodes and it comes at the screen and like you said, it's got the the you know sort of bing bing sound effects. <laughs> Abraxas is not harmed, even though he's standing presumably in the blast radius. Uh, they go outside of this warehouse, the aliens say, you know, now you have to come home. So there's no repercussions from him killing the finder. They don't even mention that. They don't mention, hey, you're not supposed to kill Segundus, remember? And you're supposed to kill the other two. They don't even mention this stuff. He does his entire job as wrong as possible. Yes, and they don't mention it. <laughs> they, they, don't, they, don't even, they don't even bring it up after the fact. Nothing. So Abraxas says, uh, basically he begs them, uh, the kid may be in trouble. Other people may come try and find him. I should stay here forever to protect him, quote unquote, you know, code for plow his mother. <laughs> the alien guys, ah, they give him a little resistance. Then they say, you know what? Fine, you can do that. So now he's getting rewarded for, for this. And then, the, and then the answer box says, can I stay too? So the, what the fuck is going on with this answer box? <laughs> Wait, there was an option where it could leave? What is he? Mail it, rip it off his wrist, and mail it back to Alien World. So the answer box Please. gets to stay, and she's happy too. She's like, "I would love to stay." What is going on? Well, yeah, no, you got to send that back. So we're gonna send you a self-addressed envelope. Uh, just send it back to us. Uh, um, <laughs> the cop who was in love with Sonya the whole movie. Uh, shows up. He now doesn't care that Sonya has decided to be with Abraxas. Doesn't even mention it. Doesn't seem heartbroken. Uh, no, nothing. It's all gone. He knows he doesn't stand a chance. Have you seen that fucking rat tail? <laughs> now we cut to uh, that same road they were driving on every time they had to go to the farm. Uh, Abraxas is driving for some reason. You would think Sonya would drive. <laughs> Abraxas never driven before. But anyway, he's driving. Uh, Sonya and Tommy are in the car. He's very excited about how he's going to stay. And the last line of dialogue is spoken by Tommy off screen. The first time he's ever spoken in this movie and his life. And he says, me too. Which, since it's off screen and we don't see him, makes him like the fourth narrator of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. And then we get, we, we get our credits in more weird music. This time it sounds like a Prince cover instrumental, which plays <laughs> over the credits. And that is Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? I have absolutely nothing else to say about this movie that will haunt me the rest of my life. That, that, that was a lot. So, so we're going to break down our thoughts in this. And much like this movie, which had three narrators, we're going to use our three-part process, the three count. All righty, Kramer. Is Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, a wrestling movie? 
Oh, not at all. It's not even remotely a wrestling movie. <laughs> it's a it's a bad Terminator wannabe movie starring everyone that Arnold knows except for Arnold himself. <laughs> I'll go one step further. This is not a wrestling movie. It's not an action movie. It's not a science it's... fiction movie. It's not a romantic movie. It's not a comedy movie. I don't know what this movie is. It, it is a movie that we we can at least say technically. You, you know, you know what? I, we don't we don't talk about this, but obviously our show uh, owes owes a lot to Mystery Science Theater three thousand, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. I grew up watching it, so you know there there are echoes of that in this. This movie needs to be on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. This is the exact movie they should do. <laughs> it it. It actually, it's it's not an MST 3K, but it, I think they did it on Rift Tracks at one point. Did they really? Yeah, they did. I think because it came up on my search when I was looking for uh, where I could find this movie outside of the free YouTube version. Well, the free YouTube version is the best one, of course. <laughs> all right, all right, Kramer. Uh, this, <laughs> I think I know where this is headed, but is Abraxas Guardian of the Universe a good movie? No, it is not even remotely close to being a good movie. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with the cliche that it's one of those so bad you have to see it type movies at least once. Okay, so I was all that's what I wrote too. That's my cliche as well. <laughs> this <laughs> this is one of those so bad it's good movies. It, it really is because it's ridiculous. It takes itself very seriously even when it's trying to be funny. It is so bad it's good. It's mom can I keep her level. It's not interrogation level which is an episode everyone should listen to because that's just a bad movie that's not so bad it's good all righty kramer where on the card would you book abraxas guardian of the universe this is a movie that is doing the j-o-b in the <laughs> opening of the card but it's and as you love when i do this this show is not just the jobber match oh, this God. movie but this is a jobber match in an obscure western providence of canada <laughs> kind of kind of exactly where they shot this movie, where it's just a lot of people that are on the run from the law and loggers and maple pirates watching this show. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so so we have a major disagreement here. I actually have Abraxas Guardian of the Universe in the mid-card. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a terrible movie, but it is short. Doesn't really drag, even when the film is is just meandering plot wise. It does it goes by pretty quick, and as we've said, it is bad enough to be good. So I think this is a solid mid card entry that that'll keep you sort of invested until the main event. I really do. I mean, in terms of quality, it's a jobber. I mean, of course, it's garbage, but <laughs> but I you know I got mid card enjoyment out of it. It wasn't like impossible to sit through like doom or something no that uh, you're right doom doom was a grind this one was i did enjoy this even i had to watch it on tubi with ads which made it a little bit longer <laughs> Tubi. <laughs> i have so many awful apps now for this podcast <laughs> where i can watch all of these movies <laughs> um so that's what we thought of the movie and now much like the awkwardly placed comma in the title of this film, it's time for the swerve. This is the swerve. So Kramer, whether or not this was a good movie, I had a lot of fun enduring this experience. So I thought the only way to cap that off was by revisiting one of our favorite swerves on this show. It's time for the IMDb keyword game. Ooh, I love this one. This is this has become our Plinko. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, if you get saddled with uh, you know, uh <laughs> trivia from obscure 80s wrestling matches on your uh, swerve, you're not happy. You 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 want the the IMDb <laughs> trivia. Okay, so for Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, there were 40 plot keywords on IMDb. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say that, but that's actually really low. If you go to a movie, you like, I don't know, The Avengers or something, there's 700,000. <laughs> These bad yeah, movies have almost like none. Yeah, but people like those movies. <laughs> right. So anyway, there, there were 40 plot keywords. I'm going to give you one. I'm just going to tell you one of the keywords was listed as not useful. Zero of one person <laughs> found a keyword not useful. And that keyword was cult film. So someone watched this, decided this isn't a cult film, clicked on useful. <laughs> Okay, 
So as uh, for the listeners, uh, I'm going to give Kramer a bunch of keywords. Some of them are actually on IMDb. Some of them I've made up. And he's going to tell me which are which. Okay. So we're going to start with the plot keyword, chase scene. That's got to be a yes. There was multiple. That is one I made up. How is that possible? (laughs) What What is with these keyword people, in all honesty? Because that happens in this movie. But then you'll have other movies where it's like pink lace panties because the perverts come out and make sure you know that that's in this movie but god forbid they put chase in a movie with multiple chase scenes okay well building off of that my next entry (laughs) is for the perverts in the audience (laughs) so i'm gonna give you four plot keywords three of them are real you have to tell me which one is fake and they are all kind of pervy you ready yep go for it okay erotic dancing Erotic dancer, exotic cud dancing, exotic dancer. So three of those are real. One of them is not. I think the one that's not is erotic dancer. How in God's name could you have known that? <laughs> well, as as a pervert, uh, my, my 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 pervert sense was tingling. <laughs> you, you know, it's I just love that there are three almost identical. One appears to be a typo. Is exotica a type of dancing? That seems to be a See, typo, thing, right? <laughs> I, I, it might be a typo, but in my head, I I broke it down as like, oh, that has to be a European making up that one. That okay. sounds just like okay. somewhere else. <laughs> it could be. But I just love that they're all three are there. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I wasn't going to do this one now, but let, let's stay on the, the creepy perv thing. Uh, is right? strip club a real plot keyword? I'm going to say no. No, it's not. That is a real plot keyword. Son of a bitch. And I'm going to tell you right now, one person found that useful. Oh, that's so creepy. Yep. There is there is literally a... <laughs> there are people out there that go on here, click strip club, and then proceed to watch every movie that contains some form of strip club scene. Yep. They take a screenshot and they come back to it and cross off each one as they go. I feel like these are people that don't know like about adult websites. <laughs> All right, next, we have Rat Tail, Ponytail. Both of those? It's one. Rat Tail, oh, it's... Ponytail. Oh, oh, they combined it into one. Okay. Uh, it's got to be there because that thing was fucking magnificent. Nope. <laughs> you got to be. God damn you. I'm going to go put it on there now. <laughs> that's that's a trick question because I knew you couldn't resist. Next, Governor. Definitely on there. Nope. Made it up. Okay. <laughs> So, so far, just the pervy ones I'm good at, right? Okay. Yes. Okay, good. That doesn't say anything about me. (laughs) Next, Pepsi Cola. That's got to be on there because I had a note earlier about how much Pepsi was in this movie. (laughs) That is in there. There's also another one that's real, just Pepsi. So they did both. (laughs) Okay, we got to get both, Cola and Pepsi Cola. Next, First Kiss. Um, I'm going to say not real. That is real. And that and strip club are the only two that users found useful. Oh God, that! So oh, I wonder. Man. I wonder if it's the same user. It is the same user, and he should probably be in jail. But but now I'm conflicted because strip club is a little creepy if you're looking for that keyword. But first kiss, maybe right. he's maybe he's a romantic. Uh, no, no one's looking that up online and isn't a creep. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, next answer box. <laughs> That's and, and not a, real. And of course, my note here is ha 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 ha. <laughs> I like to think that your notes were just ha 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 and you have to decipher which ha 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 goes with what note. That's not real. Kramer, that is real. How is answer bo- how many other movies have answer box? I didn't I didn't keyword? I didn't click it. I probably should have, but honestly, I like that one because that is someone trolling. 100%. That's someone like us who gets it. Okay, and our last plot keyword, renegade cop. Um, I'm going to say that that is real. One click, Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> that is not real. I made it up. Oh, fudge. Either you're getting worse at these or I'm getting better at making up fake ones, <laughs> which I, I'm not sure makes me happy, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming our, this is becoming our Secundus Abraxas fight. <laughs> so uh, I, I still wasn't keeping score. You may or may not have done pretty good. I, I don't know. Well, we'll <laughs> that, that, as always, is up to the listeners and our one intern. Uh, so that does it for the swerve. And I think we've done the job for Abraxas 
guardian of the universe. Thank you. Um, can I? What what universe was he? Gu- he doesn't do any universe guarding. He barely does guarding of this woman. I don't. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, dig- I'm digressing. I'm I'm breaking I'm breaking format here. Sorry. <laughs> Abraxis, guardian of the answer box. <laughs> the answer box is a better win loss record than Abraxis. It should be a Abra- <laughs> uh, answer box, guardian of the universe. Oh, I love the fact that you're breaking uh, <laughs> format because that annoys you more than anything. <laughs> all right, now we're, we're, that's all going to be deleted. No one will ever hear this. <laughs> I think we've done the job for Abraxis, guardian of the universe. And uh, speaking of breaking format, Kramer, you recently <laughs> got to do <laughs> two movies in a row. So you know I what? Did. I'm not going to throw it to you for our next pick. I'm going to do the next pick. Uh, you're lucky because I had one in my pocket that was going to probably cause this show to end. But let's see what you got. Well, let's save that until we officially get canceled. All right. So every time I pick a movie, as our listeners know, I, I, I delve into Kramer's psyche. Sometimes I may have some of the facts a little wrong, but but much like... Uh, when I announced the Braxis and told you that he wanted to be a public servant, I think I have this one right as well. If Kramer had to pick one superpower, it would be invisibility. I think I have that right. So as a treat to Kramer's desire to become invisible, our next film is going to star a professional wrestler that nobody can see. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are jumping headfirst into the long-running WWE Studios franchise, The Marine, starring John Cena. Thank God. It's about time we got Big Match John on the show. <laughs> it's it's going to be a blast. Until then, you can follow us on Instagram at movie.marks or on Twitter at movie underscore marks. If you have suggestions for movies we should cover, you want to tell us your favorite part of the show, you can email us at themoviemarks at gmail.com. And if you want a sticker, you can tell us that too. We do have stickers. I don't know. Do people still want stickers? I don't know. And of course, we are actively seeking corporate sponsorship of any kind. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, and send money. That's the message, Kramer. That's a message I could stand by. That does it for us here. Until next time, I'm Chris Sacco. I'm Chris Kramer. And we're the Movie Marks. Mother told me you have a birthday coming up. You'll be six. I have a birthday soon. I'll be 11,862 next Tuesday. That's a little bit more than six, isn't it? Follow me. She dies. Have a nice day. <laughs>